to be able to not only just have fun together, but to be able to love people together and to point them to eternal things and that and what this life, you know, what really matters. I just, one of the biggest reasons I wanted to write this too, is to get away from the superficiality, to show my kids the beauty and looking and focusing on inner beauty on, on focusing on the heart. You know, my dad's always taught me growing up, the heart is what matters most. And this devotional comes back to that. I want my kids to be focused on not temporal, material, superficial things, but things of the heart that are deep, that matter and finding joy. And that I always say to my kids, family, friends, and Jesus will make you happy, you know, but not more, more, more won't. This episode is dedicated to Tom Allison, Lindsay's dad and biggest inspiration for encouraging her to write her devotional, Beautiful Hearted Women of the Bible. He was a man that taught everyone he knew to love all people, to share many stories, to know Jesus is the answer, and that taking time to know beautiful hearted people does indeed create in you a beautiful heart. Because as Lindsay's dad taught her, the heart is what matters most. Lindsay said that her dad loved hearing her be interviewed and share what she is most passionate about, and I know you will all agree. It is my pleasure to release this episode in honor of Lindsay's dad. Come along, friend. Let's grow. Welcome to families that stick together to step right over the random pile of clothes where it looks like all my kids melted, turn right past the pile of papers still out from last month's school project, maybe don't look at the sink, and make yourself at home, friend. This is where our family of six hangs out. It's where our real life happens. Stay long enough to be reminded of what we both already know, that swimming upstream is not without much work and grace, but it does come with friends who are rooting you on just as fiercely as the way you love your strong family. We work together here as friends so we can get to the end knowing we did well. Come along with us to gather together to grow through it all. Welcome, friend, with your laundry, your running shoes, or your cup of coffee. I can't wait to spend my time with you. I am so excited to introduce you to today's guest, Lindsay Driscoll. You guys are going to fall in love with her and the devotional she wrote for us moms to do with our daughters. Lindsay is a wife, a mama to triplets. That is correct. You heard that right. (laughs) She's a speaker and an author. She's from Atlanta, Georgia, and now lives in South Carolina, where she raises her 10-year-old triplets with her husband, Christian, and chases after the Rhodesian Ridgeback. She's passionate about encouraging families in following Jesus and his word to love God and love others. Lindsay has led educational awareness trips in Guatemala, taught elementary and middle school students at Atlanta Youth Academy, and directed Villages of Hope, a nonprofit supporting former foster children and homeless youth. She loves spontaneity, authenticity, simplicity, and a good cup of coffee. Lindsay has written for Focus on the Family, Her View from Home, For Every Mom, Just Between Us, and Mops. Lindsay and I were chatting before we started the official part of the interview, and our conversation was getting so good, so I hit record, and this is the beginning of when she was explaining to me how she really got started writing the devotional, Beautiful Hearted Women of the Bible. I wrote the manuscript because I'll share my aha moment 
my daughters were wanting to dress up like princesses and imitate them. And I just remember sitting there or standing there in my daughter's bedroom and watching them read these books. And I just thought, gosh, I would love for them to want to imitate women of the Bible who like loved God and loved others and wanted to make a difference in this world. And literally the title, Beautiful Hearted Women of the Bible came to my mind. So I just started writing it. I opened up Genesis, started it on the first page of the Bible and looked for every woman in the Bible. And just um, as a former teacher, I'm really passionate about asking kids questions and engaging them through creative, imaginative questions, reflective questions. So I automatically and naturally interject questions as I read to my kids. And so I started doing that in the stories I wrote. And at such a young age, you know, the devotional reaches six to 10 year old girls. I really wanted to grab their attention and not just share a story to teach at them, but I wanted to learn with them and grow with them and learn about them. And so the questions within the stories that are imaginative and reflective really help them to just enjoy, you know, reading about it and stay engaged and stay connected to you and be excited about it. And so anyways, I wrote the manuscript and I remember editing it once. And my husband was like, when I had to go back and edit again, he's like, but you already edited it. I'm like, well, editing is like a lifelong process. So so I submitted to, you know, several publishers and I have an agent and focus on the family. Just what I love about them is they do such great family work and they connected it. I knew it would take a special publisher to connect with the idea of the creativity and the imaginative questions within the stories, because that's different than a lot that's out there. And it's just a different concept. And they were really excited about it. They get kids and they wanted to partner and do this together. And I was just really excited when I heard that they wanted to move forward with publishing this book. It's been great partnering with them. And, you know, we all, we both have similar hearts to engage kids to help them grow in their faith in Jesus and to focus on the heart. Well, congratulations. I am so (laughs) excited for you. I'm excited you put this out here. And I thought it was interesting how you said um, it, it, you thought it would take a special publisher because you felt like it was a more creative and imaginative approach, but it, it's kind of funny to me because you'd think that's what everyone would want for anything that they promote to families these days, because, you know, we live in a world where you're competing with so many other things for your attention that if you don't come at it as creative and imaginative, you've kind of already lost everyone. That's what I love about this is that it is so real world. It's so my style, exactly, <laughs> of asking it. questions in the reading. I always have to dig deeper when I'm reading yes. storybooks with my children, too, no matter what level they're on. And I think you accomplished that so well, Lindsay. It's, it's just an amazing project that you brought to life. Thank you mm. for bringing it. Oh, thank you for having me. And, you know, I think one of the big things we can miss out on as we read with our kids is if we do just read to them and then ask questions at the end, I think we can miss the experience of reading and learning together and connecting with them. And if you were to ask me, what is my favorite thing to do with my kids? I mean, I I love doing activities with them, being really active. Um, My other thing I love is I love reading with them. It helps me know so much more of their heart and mind and soul and what makes them them. And um, it helps them get to know me more. And it's just a really fun thing. And so I would say this book is more of an experience together 
than just necessarily a thing to do and a thing to read. Yes. And you set it up in such a great way that I know you have it set up. It's 40 women of the Bible and well, 40 stories. So there or 40 are, stories. There are Sorry. stories. Yeah. No, that's okay. So like one woman in the Bible, it's like three stories for her. Some are two. So yeah. Yes. Okay. So would your plan for a mom and daughter be to actually just read one a week and then yeah. kind of expand on it? Because what I was going to say is it definitely sets it up for that where through your week, you could draw back on the lessons you were talking about. Yeah, it is. As I said, because of it being an experience, it's not a 40 day um, devotional. And there's just no way you could do that unless you didn't do any of the activities. So if you're doing the activities, which by the way, are tons of fun, because I've done them with my kids and we had a blast and they really help cement the point of the story and the theme of the story. And they are also just fun, but um, it's a 40 week devotional and the story probably takes 10 to 15 minutes, depending on how much your daughter talks. Um, but I would definitely do the story one-on-one if you're able to, I know we're all very busy. What I learned, cause I've done the stories with all my kids, all three of my triplets, and I've done them also separately. And what I loved about doing it separately was their answers weren't influenced by their sibling. It was a really, it was even a sweeter connection time. Once I did them one-on-one, I mean, my girls were like, oh, can we please just do it with us too? Just us two again. Like they loved it. So you could do that. You could reflect on the verse. And then as it works for you throughout the week, you could do the action prompts. Some action prompts are really quick. Some might take a little bit longer and then the creative fun when it works. And if a story takes two weeks, that's fine too. There's not a set thing that says, you know, no, you have a lot going on. So you still have to get this done. Like it's okay to draw it out or do it quicker or shorter or what works for you as a family. But ideally I would do one story a week and so you have time for the activities and you're not rushed and you actually can slow down together, which is the point of it. So I haven't started this yet with my girls, but I have it in front of me. Thank you so much for sending it to me. And I imagine as I'm flipping through and we get started with this, that we will, you know, I may write the Bible verse for that week on an index card and put it on the girl's mirror or, mm-hmm. or take one of the other little prompts that we talked about, or you have other Bible verses woven into the stories Mm -hmm. and maybe put that up somewhere so it can prompt this conversation Mm -hmm. all week. I just think there's so many great ways to apply this as you continue forward. So I want to ask you something, Lindsay, you, you did tell us this was specifically designed for girls ages six to 10. And of course we can adjust that to our other daughters, but tell us the fruits that you believe will grow years from now because of a commitment to something like this with our children. So I think one of the fruits for sure is growing our relationship with our daughters it really builds open communication. That's one of my most important priorities with my kids is to let them know they can always talk to me about anything. And because of all the interactions throughout the stories and the activities, it really builds relationship with each other. It also builds our relationship with the Lord. And, you know, it can be hard sometimes as moms to always know how to do this or how to do that, or maybe we're just tired from a long day. And so there's a prayer there, there, the stories are scriptural. And so one of the fruits is just growing in our relationship with Jesus and 
were able to use this as a guide. Uh, one of my issues with some of the books that I had read to my girls was one, they either weren't age appropriate. I had to skip through parts, which really bothered me. I wanted something for my girls, six to 10. And there's a little leeway in there. Some girl, you know, I think a few years older, a few years younger could really benefit from this as well because of the reflective and imaginative questions within the stories, there's room there. And I think we're all young at heart and love doing fun activities. So I think just, you know, spending that time in, in the scripture, no embellishments, I really wanted it to be um, based on the Bible and be scriptural. And so you can just really grow in your faith through reading the stories together and spending that time together. I also think it's really going to help, help kids just look for practical ways to love the Lord and love others because it's 40 weeks it becomes more of just a natural progression. Like, oh, I see a need. Let me love that person. Oh, mom. Hey, when we went to that event tonight, there was a girl by herself. So we asked her to join us. Oh, mom, there was a new kid at school last week. And so I just tried to welcome them and include them. Things like that, that I've seen already from my kids are fruit that comes from this. Just very simple, practical ways to love God and love others. Um, Enjoy. I really wanted my kids to follow Jesus and have joy doing it and knowing that it's just the best way to live. So there's a lot of, for example, with um, the poor widow, it talks about being a cheerful giver and how the Lord loves that. So the action prompt is about going above and beyond with, um, with giving in a few different ways. I give examples. And then the creative fun is to do upside down chin faces to get your giggles going. So you can then go be a cheerful giver. And, you know, if you haven't done those, it's where you put the eyes on your chin and, you know, and you go upside down in the bed and it's hilarious. So that's one of the activities, but kids really just thrive off joy and having fun. And if we can do that with our kids, then I feel like their hearts and minds will be so much more open to learning. That was such a great answer of what we all desire for our children and how to fit it into our families. And I think I I love what you've created for so many reasons, but I also love the connection of what your mission is for this with ours of together. And just Mm -hmm. the whole thing is you know, we're all going to live our real lives and we have to, we're placed on this earth living this world. But if we want to live it to build up the kingdom of Christ, it's not always easy. We have all these distractions and we're running our kids everywhere and we have to cook dinner and find lost things and all, all of it. And if we can figure out ways to bring it into our family where it just feels natural, like peeling a together sticker, like opening your devotional and sitting down with your child and reading this wonderful story about these amazing women that they aspire to be. It's, it's not that we're tricking anybody, but we're making it fit into our real life where it feels normal. It doesn't feel intimidating or like we're trying to do anything big or for the mom who says, I don't know how to open up with my kid. This is going to be weird. We don't have spiritual conversations. Well, when you get Lindsay's book, you're outsourcing all of that so that Mm. you don't have to feel the pressure to come up with all those moments. They're just going to happen. Mm. And it's a lighthearted, really easy way to, to go about that too. You know, low pressure, enjoying, we're both learning. I've heard moms that have learned so much about some of the women in the Bible just through the story. I mean, I've learned, you know, um, so I think there's a lot of room for growth and connecting, just reading together for both moms and daughters um, in a lighthearted way, but also a ton of depth. Absolutely. And I am flipping here through your book. Um, In 
the book of Esther, the chapter on Esther, gosh, I can't wait to read that one. I know there's going to be so many amazing things in that one, but one of your questions is why does God want us to have a good attitude while doing chores or cleaning up? That's just such a practical character building question for our children. And so we can take this through. So when you talk about the fruits that are going to grow, it's, it is pretty obvious if we keep up with this and we really make it what you designed it to be. And I think instead of saying you need to have a good attitude. So now we're putting the ball in their court and asking, well, why should we, when we're doing chores, you know, with Esther being the example, I just, I I think when our kids are able to reflect on a certain question, the truth of God, and also the reasons why they do things really stick. One of my focuses on my, um, on beautiful hearted parenting, beautiful hearted women of the Bible, beautiful hearted parenting is like what I write. It's my site on Facebook and Instagram, social media is I want my kids to love others and love the Lord because not because they have to, I want them to do kind things because they love somebody. So the reason behind what they're doing is not just like, Oh, I've got to go do this. But like, you know what, mom, I'm going to grab your dish and wash it because I love you. I care about you. Like letting their intention and their motivation be love and not being forced to do something because that only goes so far. You know, then when they're out of the house, they're like, I'm not doing that anymore. <laughs> so I want this to be something that carries over. So that leads into the next question I had for you. The description on the back of your book says this, what you're talking about, but it says, the examples of these devoted women will strengthen the faith of moms and daughters and inspire them to develop beautiful hearts of strength, courage, and love. Daughters will look up to these Bible women who will ultimately point them to Jesus. Now, I and every mom listening here is thinking the same thing, probably. Goodness, this world has a lot of things it's trying to point our daughters to, and it's definitely not Jesus. So first, thank you for seeing a need. Genuinely, thank you. And putting so much work into creating something so special for us to share with our daughters and help them grow. What are your tips for fostering a home where our children naturally seek out advice from places of goodness and faith? Well, I think first through, you know, practical ways of developing hearts that love wisdom. So that comes through reading scripture together, through doing my devotional, reading these stories, through reading the Bible together, through reading other resources and being in the word when that's what's driving our hearts then you're drawn to other hearts that are similar and similar minds, teaching our kids to love wisdom. Like right now we sit around the breakfast table and each morning I've just been reading one proverb, like not a whole chapter, just one verse. Um, And we unpack it and we talk about that. And the more we share the wisdom of God, the more they're drawn to that and can discern between good and bad. And I start to see my kids learning that. And I also call it out when Gracie was like, my daughter came home from school. She was like, so this made me feel really uncomfortable. And she told me something. And I said, well, that's really the Lord prompting your heart to be able to start discerning what's right and what's not. Somebody wanted her to, when it was going to give her a free homework punch when she, um, she, she does her, her, she's really responsible about doing her homework every day. This day she had forgotten to do half of it. And they were going to give her a free homework punch to this one person. And she was like, well, that wouldn't be honest because I haven't done the whole thing. So I'm not going to take that. And I just let her know, like, that is integrity. Like right there, that's the Lord prompting your heart to be honest. And that is so beautiful to him. That is loving wisdom and choosing right. And like, that's like one of the proudest moments, like as a mom, that's what I long for and want. 
So I'm not saying my kids choose right every time because that doesn't happen every time, you know, but I think the more and more we can point them to choosing wisely and scriptural stories and practical ways and calling it out when they do, then we can all learn. And when they don't, and when we don't coming to them and just saying, I fell short with losing my temper with you. I was really wrong. Will you please forgive me? Or when they fall short, I struggle with the same things. It's okay. Like that's why we need Jesus. And let's pray to have him help us work together to get better. That's the gospel. That is showing the gospel in a practical way in our home. And so I think if our kids can see, it's not about being perfect. It's about seeing that we're going to strive to love the Lord and others. And when we fall and mess up, a great reminder, like we need Jesus. And my whole devotional points to our need for Jesus and these women who love the Lord and love others who were not perfect, but um, did see a need for the Lord and wanted to seek and pursue him. And that's what I want my heart to be like in my daughter's hearts and son. <laughs> I have read stories with my son too, and he's loved it. <laughs> okay. I feel like I want you sitting at my house and we could sit here for eight hours because just, yeah, from, that sounds great. <laughs> just from that one answer, I'm like, oh my Aww. gosh, yes, this and this and this and this. <laughs> But I, yes. I feel like we'll each other's biggest encouragers. <laughs> I know, I know. I, um, what I, something you said there, I wrote down. You said, when that's what's driving our hearts, then that's what we are drawn to. Mm. And I, I'm going to repeat that again for everybody. When that's what's driving our hearts, then that's what we're drawn to. And that's when Lindsay was talking about growing in wisdom and constantly drawing on scripture and, and making sure we imitate that and we talk about it and, and we extract the lessons that we need to. And I will keep saying this on every single families that stick together episode, but it's about making this part of our real lives. And just knowing that if, if this becomes natural culture in our family and, and natural things were attracted to and growing towards and diving into, then it just, it does feel natural. So when your daughter comes home from school, you, you have these conversations because it's just what you talk about in your family. That's so cool. And it makes me even appreciate more that you made this designed for 40 weeks because imagine 40 weeks of these kinds of conversation. Well, I don't have to tell you to imagine it. You're living it, but like <laughs> well, to, yeah. to know that this is, it's set up for you. It's designed to take you through almost an entire year of just mm. goodness and exactly where we want to point our families to. And I do want to add one more thing. It's that it's okay. If some of this isn't natural, like Sometimes it's not to ask a certain question and that's okay. I think over time it does become more natural and, and allows for that connection and growing in wisdom. And one example um, of, you know, just not having to come up with this on our own is in the queen of Sheba, the story talks about how she traveled so many lands to seek out wisdom from Solomon. And she was a question asker and asked Solomon all kinds of questions and just sought wisdom out. So the creative fun section is take seven balloons and write a little, um, write a proverb. And I, I list seven proverbs, or you can come up with your own, write the proverb on the piece of paper. That's really teeny. And then on the other strip of paper, write a question to ask your mom. 
So it might be like, um, what was your favorite thing to do growing up? Or I give a few examples of what you could say. And then you roll them up and you put a proverb and a question in one balloon and then in the other balloon. And you do that with each of seven. And then you put them up on the wall or tape them to the wall, whatever you want to do. And each day you pop one balloon. And so then there's a proverb you read together. And then there's a question you ask your mom. Because sometimes kids, it doesn't come as naturally to ask questions. So I have like my dad is a question asker and he has drilled it in our minds that it's not just all about us, like ask other people questions and you can learn about their story. So I've really drilled that to my kids' minds to ask questions. And so I think when we do this kind of thing, they think, oh, wait, my mom was young once. Like, oh, I want to ask her about this. And, you know, you, you, that's where you start having an experience together of not only growing in wisdom, but just learning about each other. Okay. I love that activity so much. That's so cool. Brilliant. <laughs> and you said you, you did bring up a very good point. It's not always going to fe- feel natural to everyone. So what is your advice to the mom who's sitting here listening or who, who would see your, your book and think, gosh, I want that for our family, but it kind of feels a little awkward for me. We don't really do this all the time. What's your encouragement to her to pick it up and try this and, and feel okay about it. So one of the cool things I love is just this time of getting to know our girls for who they are. And if some of that feels awkward, that's okay. Everything doesn't have to be in a perfect, pretty package. That's one of the beautiful things that sets your daughter apart, you know, um, or the mom apart. Like it's okay. And in that we bond in our awkwardness, <laughs> you know, it's okay. And I think I would say it, the story is very natural. The questions are very natural. They're Some are lighthearted, some are more reflective, they're thought provoking. And if she doesn't want to answer a certain question, that's okay. Like move on to the, through this story. But Jesus told so many stories. He asked 80 questions in the book of Luke alone. And I just think there's something really powerful about question asking and storytelling. And that's exactly what Jesus did. So what I would say is every mom and daughter's experience going through this devotional will be totally different. And that's great. The point is to connect with each other and connect with the Lord. And, and I really believe that will happen if you go through this together. So what about your own spiritual growth, Lindsay? How, how has using this with your daughter changed how you bring your faith to motherhood and marriage? Yeah, um, that's a good question. You know, I think our faith is such a process, like choosing Jesus is a decision, but then our grow, our growing is a process. And it's something, there's a big reason we need to keep coming back to the word of God and seeking the Lord out daily. Jesus said in the Lord's prayer, give us today our daily bread, not our once a year bread, like not our weekly bread, like our daily bread. And so uh, what I'm reminded of is just the need to continue seeking the Lord and to continue, continue seeking the Lord together, to be intentional with our, my kids and to be intentional with the Lord. I really think that's probably what my devotional reminds me of of the most is staying intentional. And then also just, as I said before, pointing to our need for Jesus, just understanding our humanity. And these women in the Bible are imperfect. We're imperfect. We need Jesus. And there's such joy in knowing that we are forgiven when we can believe the Lord and the forgiveness and what he's done for us. And that is celebration because some things in life are very hard. And when we can have that hope in the Lord, there's just something really refreshing and beautiful and inspiring about that. Mm. What a gift to give our children Mm. to, to grow up and start at such a young age to know all that. (laughs) 
This bonus question with Lindsay is brought to you by Together for Advent and your family's new favorite Christmas tradition. You know how it's a pretty busy time of the year and all you want to do is make it meaningful around the true story of Christmas and what it really means for your family. Well, now you can. Gather together with your family, read the excerpt from the Christmas story, peel the corresponding sticker, talk about the conversation starter, place the sticker on the Advent wreath, have meaningful conversation that actually applies to your real life, and grow together. Order yours at togethermoments.com because they will sell out quickly. This sticker says, when you are faced with a hard decision, what are some steps you go through to make your decision? So I don't know if this is the best question for me because I'm highly indecisive. <laughs> um, I'm a very spontaneous person. So when you say, what steps do you go through? I don't necessarily have a list of steps, <laughs> but I don't know. I feel like when there's something I feel like is right and something I should do, I just, in my heart, I know, um, I definitely spend time praying. Obviously, that's the first thing that I would always want to do is take time to pray for the Holy Spirit and the Lord to lead me. Um, you know, when I was working in advertising, it was just not my thing. And I just knew in my heart, I need to go teach. And I went and taught in an inner city school and like, I loved it. It was so up my alley. And I, so I don't know. I just feel like in your gut, you sometimes know, you know, through praying and thinking about it. Pros and cons. I mean, that helps sometimes. We've moved a bunch of different times with my husband's work and doing that. But really, I would just say like praying and then trying to just make the best out of your decision because we're not perfect human beings and we're going to do the best we can to make the best decision we can at the time. But the more we're spending time in the Word and trying to become wise and seeking the Lord and praying, the Lord will lead us. And we don't have to be so consumed with making a quote-unquote right decision, but rather loving God and loving others. Tell us about some really special moments you shared with your daughters when going through this with them. And also, I'd love to hear a story where you've been able to refer back to it to inspire your daughter long after you ever did the lesson together. So some of the my favorite parts I've mentioned before are just learning more about my girls and hearing their answers to the stories is a lot of fun. Growing in our faith together um, is really sweet. And then doing activities like, I mean, I have vivid memories of writing encouraging chalk messages to our, on our friend's driveway, which is one of the activities in the stories or doing a ring and run to our friend, which was super fun. Um, focusing on giving in secret and the story of Mary and humility, bringing toys to the hospital for kids who have to stay at the hospital. That's a desperate woman and the, the girl who's sick and just you know, wanting our kids to see that life is not just all about us. How can we love other people? I want them to know, you know what, there are kids who are having a very difficult time right now. Like, how can we love them? And so to be able to not only just have fun together, but to be able to love people together and to point them to eternal things and that in what this life, you know, what really matters. I just, I, one of the biggest reasons I wanted to write this too, is to get away from the superficiality, to show my kids the beauty and looking and focusing on inner beauty on, on the, focusing on the heart. You know, my dad's always taught me growing up and my mom too, you know, the heart is what matters most. And this devotional comes back to that. I want my kids to be focused on not temporal material, superficial things, but things of the heart that are deep, that matter and finding joy in that. I always say to my kids, family, friends, and Jesus will make you happy, you know, but not more, more, more won't. So we talk about that a lot. Okay. So I'm going to answer the second question a little backwards on bringing a lesson from the story um, back to my girls. So in one instance, when my daughter was five or six, she was really struggling with letting her sister wear one of her dresses or um, dress up outfits. And 
instead of preaching at her, I just read the story of Ruth that I had written. And one of the questions in there was something about how can you put somebody else first and show compassion? After I finished reading the story, I saw her literally pacing back and forth, debating if she was going to let her sister borrow this dress. And she chose to let her borrow it. And our kids might not always make that choice. But in that moment, I had read the story and it really seeped into her heart, the compassion about Naomi and Ruth really putting each other before themselves. And she chose that. Another example that's a little backwards is we had read the story of the wife of noble character. And in it, I talk about clothing yourself, that we are clothed with strength and confidence from the Lord. It's great. And with six, this is my other daughter, Brooklyn. She had gone to school and one of the boys wanted to play with her. And she just, she didn't want to, in that moment, she wanted to play with some of her other friends. Well, he was very upset and kicked mulch at her and um, said, I don't want to, I don't like you. And I don't want to be friends with you anymore. And I was like, my heart was broken in a minute, you know, hearing that because you never want to hear that from your kid. But then I was like, so encouraged by what she said. She's like, mom, you know what? I walked away because I know I'm clothed with strength and confidence and that God loves me. And I'm telling you what, that was like the best thing I could have ever heard. And that's what these stories do. They arm them with this kind of confidence in the Lord to understand, okay, I'm clothed with strength and confidence. And I talk about that in the story. I say, so if someone's mean to me, like I'm going to remember that I'm clothed with strength and confidence. Well, that came from what happened with my daughter. And then lastly, a lesson I continue to refer back to in two women of the Bible are Deborah and Damaris. So Deborah, her courage, she was so courageous. And, you know, I remember a few times here and there, my girls will talk about being nervous about school or not wanting to go sometimes or just afraid, especially in the beginning before school started. And I just remind them like Deborah, I'm sure was afraid having to fight this, you know, Sisera and this army, but the Lord called her to it. And being courageous doesn't mean you're not afraid. It means you trust the Lord and you move forward knowing he's going ahead of you. And that's just what Deborah did. And then the second person is Damaris, who I think is so awesome. And she was in the crowd when Paul was preaching about Jesus. And it said that some people were mocking him and making fun of him. But it said that there was a woman in the crowd named Damaris who chose to believe that day. And so I get chills thinking about it because I tell my kids, listen, you're going to hear all kinds of things from the crowd. And I mean, what do you think Damaris thought when she was standing in the crowd, hearing these people make fun of Paul, who's talking and preaching about Jesus, you know, but she wasn't swayed. She chose what was most important and that pleases the Lord so much. And you have a choice of not giving into the crowd. Like it's okay if somebody makes fun of you or it's okay if somebody is rude or this or that, that Jesus tells us to wipe the dust off our feet and to do what's most important. We are called to love them and to love the Lord, but to follow as an example, like Damaris and choosing what matters most, despite what other people are doing. That was a long-winded answer. (laughs) Sorry. It was fabulous. Oh my goodness. I'm so inspired. And I'm thinking of so many follow-up product ideas for you. (laughs) Oh, yay. (laughs) I feel like, okay, you need bracelets that say Damaris and Esther and Mary. And today's my day. I have to say yes to the Lord. Give me my Mary bracelet. And so I, I think that so much wisdom is brought to our children through these stories and brought to us as mothers, because I'm so inspired by these stories right now. I can't wait to to open this and dive in with my girls. And I know Nathan will be right there listening to yes. So my boy will be there. And I love it. we live in a world where 
it's very hard to stand up for what we believe in, and especially when it comes to our faith, because it can be uncomfortable. And But the more we practice and just make it a part of every day, the less comfortable it is, the less mm-hmm. uncomfortable it is, the more uncomfortable, obviously. But that it, it just it just feels like that's who we are. That's just how I act now. I just, for our girls or our boys, I just, you know, share my clothes with my sister now because I Mm. know that that's what I'm supposed to do and not because my mom made me, but because I desire that. I know all the good fruits that will come from that. And I think you don't feel as alone once you read about all these women in the Bible. Like you're like, wow, these women are amazing. They're humble and they're confident and they're this and they're that. And, you know, it makes you feel like you are just surrounded by other people who want to follow Jesus. And it's very inspiring. Yes. And they're not, they're still part of the world. They're still Mm -hmm. very much integrated into the world just because it all teaches us that you don't have to step away and go live in a a bubble or in a cloister area and Mm -hmm. be by yourself. You can do this in the world that you live in and and be the light of Christ right here. People are drawn to that. People want that. And what I love about the six to 10 year old age group is that they are so moldable and they are so wide eyed to us and learning from us. And sometimes when you get older, I mean, kids, you know, of course they're still moldable and open hearted, but it's different. They're going a little bit more to their friends and, you know, but now in this age group, they're coming to us. And that's why I was so, it was so important to me to reach this younger group and to not gloss over it because it can be really impacted by the Lord. Yes. Thank you again for that. That six to 10 age group is so formative. It's awesome that you have this for us. Lindsay, I have enjoyed this interview so much. I feel like we could sit here forever, but I do have one last question for you. Okay. The question we ask every guest, what's one thing helping your family stick together right now? I would just say time together. It's time doing things together, whether it's everyday errands, whether it's playing with our Ridgeback outside, whether it's going to activities or being in the car together or talking. We do sit down and have dinner together. Um, Most days, someone has a sport, you know, we make sure we're sitting later with them, but just spending time together, you know, it doesn't have to be complicated and big fireworks, just hanging out. So with that spending time together, I forgot to ask you, when do you do the devotional with your daughters? At what point in your day? Yeah. So (laughs) I've done the devotional since I've written it, started it probably about five years ago. (laughs) They've done it like four different times. So when we've done it really just, I mean, when they either come and ask me, but when I haven't actually sat down now with the book since I just got it, but I want, they want to go through it. They've already asked me, can we go through it again? So what I usually do with devotionals is do it during breakfast when they have food in their mouth. But because this devotional is best one-on-one, bedtime is really the best time, unless there's another downtime during the day. You know, my kids are in school during the week. We have activities. So during the week, it'd be best at night. And then um, during the weekend, it's just more, you know, whenever we have a free minute of time to connect. But yeah, and I I would not do more than one kid each night because that would get to be probably a lot, but that way we're not rushed and we can just take that 10 or 15 minutes with each kid and just enjoy connecting with them. This makes me really excited because I do need that one-on-one time with my kids. I don't always take it. I can forget about it very easily. So this is another reason and something to get them excited about to have that one-on-one time with me. 
even my older girls that are over 10. <laughs> yeah. And you know, even if they're over 10, like I really, I love, I substitute teach and I used to teach middle school and I've taught fourth grade and middle school, but I still think like, even as moms, we're young at heart. And so whether your daughter's 11, 12, 13, 14, you know, a few of the activities might be too juvenile, but some of the activities will be right up their alley. And I actually really enjoy some of the activities, like blowing a bubble inside of another bubble, like just really cool things, making pancakes, like how can you not enjoy that? Or building an edible model of the land Abraham and Sarah travel. There's just a really lot of fun things to, to reach even older girls and at the end of the day, whether our girls are in high school or what age, they want to connect with us. They want to be asked questions. They want us to get to know them and to enjoy them. And this devotional really allows for that. Well, you clearly put so much time and thought and love into creating something that would really work for us. Again, thank you for being here. Lindsay, tell our listeners how to connect with you and of course, where to get your book, your 40-week devotional, Beautiful Hearted Women of the Bible. Yes. Um, so you can find me on Instagram and Facebook at beautiful hearted parenting. And my website is lindsaydriscoll.com, but I have no D in Lindsay. And my last name is D R I S K I L L. So my first name, L I N S E Y. So <laughs> if you want to find the website, make sure you spell it right. As far as finding uh, where you can get it, um, I list all those places on my website, Amazon, Barnes and Nobles, Books a Million, Target, um, Books in the Family, ChristianBook.com, all those places. They are out of stock right now. It was sold out really quickly, but I know that they've put more orders in, have already picked up the books, so they should be in stock soon. So go ahead and order it, especially if you want a Christmas gift, so you will hopefully get it in time. Lindsay, this has just been wonderful. I'm so happy to introduce you to our Together family. And I, know, me too. <laughs> I hope that we have more interviews here and I can't wait to dive into your devotional. Thank you. Thank you so much. I love being with you too. If you love what you're gathering through these episodes, please screenshot, tag us, share with friends, and leave a review. It is the best compliment you can give us. It is so encouraging, and together we can help grow stronger families. Be sure to follow us at Together Moments on Instagram and Facebook. Leave us a DM. Check out all our incredible games and tools and your free family resources at togethermoments.com. As always, take time to gather together to grow and speak the words that matter.